Hello, Kingsters, and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Kinky as Fuck podcast with me, your host, The Reverend. Now, I, uh, whew, it's been a week <laughs> for me. As I said earlier, uh, I was going in for surgery, and now I have had the surgery. It's now been three, almost four days since uh, the surgery happened. I am on the mend. I am recovering, but I am still pretty out of it. But luckily, I was able to sit down with John Thomas from Bondage Junkies uh, just before I had my surgery, and we had a fantastic discussion about what brought him into the business, what is unique about his platform and his content, and I've been a fan for many years, and I just, I had to have him on the podcast, and he is Again, fantastic to talk to. So all of that's coming up in just a moment. But first, I have to say thank you to all of my amazing sponsors. Starting with FetishForLife.com. Show your love for everything kinky and fetish as fuck. With t-shirts, play bags, coffee mugs, and so much more. All of that by Fetish Artists. The artist who knows what fetish tastes like. Also, SanctuaryLAX.com, they are back in full swing, and they are ready to educate. They are ready to party it up. They are ready to give sessions. Go to SanctuaryLAX.com and check out their full schedule today. And of course, I got to say thank you to Spotify. And other than that, Kingsters, let's start the show. Time for the kinkiest fuck podcast with your host, the Reverend. Be very, very quiet. We're looking for kinksters. <laughs> this week on the podcast, we have none other than John Thomas from BondageJunkies.com. Oh, 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 my baby's naked. Yay! Are you ready yet? Nope. Are you ready yet? No. Are you ready yet? No. Okay. A big shout out to all of our sponsors that make this podcast possible. The Kinkiest Fuck Podcast. Check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash kinkyafpodcast. Yay! Now fuck. All right, Kingsters, in the studio with me today, I have John Thomas from bondagejunkies.com. This is take two. <laughs> uh, I had tried to get John on the show uh, back when I was a truck driver, but the recording just was terrible. I was in a truck stop and I did not have a good reception. So I wanted to make sure uh, that I got John back on the show because I really love the site. I love his content. So, John, thank you so much for coming back on the show and uh, being with me today. Uh, well, thank you for having me back again to uh, to do a retake. <laughs> take two. Our bondage junkies take two. Action. All right. So um, I've been a fan of your site for quite a while, and I've noticed uh, that you have a large assortment of different um Pinks on your show on, on your website i should say yeah and uh you know what kind of got you into kink in the first place are you lifestyle or is this a business for you or is it luckily both uh it's it's a bit of both um i mean it's it's something that i've enjoyed personally since uh since i was a teenager um uh, i would classify myself as a switch yeah. um so so yeah while on the site and everything i am like if you've watched enough of the content you you'll see that like i don't really come off as like a dummy type person <laughs> or anything like that I, i'm like my enjoyment uh, you know when i'm on that side of things is is usually like making sure that everybody's having a good time like if I've done my job well and they're having a good time and it's it's a good and interesting scene then that's really that's the number one reason why I do it um the business side of it is it's the way I usually describe it to people it's a um it's a profitable hobby it's nice. it's not it's not what I make my living off of um but it it is you know it is something that it pays the bills for hiring models and everything else. And um, yeah, I get to have some fun while doing it. Well, fantastic. I mean, you know, to at least break even with your hobby, that's the goal for everybody, right? <laughs> but it sounds like you get a little bit ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, um, 
uh, and it's nice because when when I do get a little bit ahead, you know, that I can do some, you know, more brazen stuff or buy new gear or you know, whatever. Gotcha. And I I love the fact that uh, I get to say um, you get a little head because everyone likes to get a little head from time to time, <laughs> right? Of course. <laughs> Okay, so you've been into this since uh, you were a teenager and, you know, you enjoyed things on both sides. But what made you really decide to even cross this threshold into creating your own website and your own content? Because this is a a huge undertaking. This is not like tinkering in your garage. Yeah. Um, well, so this story probably see a little bit weird but it's it's the truth it's the truth um i um you know i had why well, I, I have where the studio is now is a um a place that i normally rent and um and it was it was a multifamily place that you know rent you know i lived in basically the unit where um where the studio is now and so I moved out and was just going through interview after interview, trying to find a tenant for, for that, um, for that place. And just one right after another, it wasn't working out. And so I just kind of thought, well, what if I'm my own tenant? Like, what if I support paying instead of getting rent from, from somebody else, I become my own customer and I, <laughs> I jump in to do this. Like I've always been into photography, um, the videography. I mean, if I if if I could do just photography and and still do well and everything, I probably would. But um, but yeah, that that was basically it. I said, you know, I'll just give this a try. I'll um, I'll invest some money and um, like I my background is IT and so building a website, you know, setting up. Uh, all that stuff was no problem, you know. I already had the camera equipment and everything, and so a little bit of lights and hired some models and just kind of dove straight first into it. And <laughs> I figured, if if in a year it doesn't pan out, then I'll go back to just renting it out. But that was twelve years ago, so well, very hasn't cool. happened yet. <laughs> twelve twelve years strong. Now, from one creator to another, because my first episode of the podcast, I cringe at so hard because <laughs> I'm very monotone. Oh, yeah, this was cool. And yeah, looking back to what you have now versus what you started with, how how far do you think you've uh, you've kind of changed or tinkered around? You know, do you find your first shot cringy? Um, so. Like my very my very first shoot was with uh, was with Nixon, and um, like kudos to her for going. Hey, I, I'm I'm gonna go shoot with this you know um, person who's literally like I had nothing in my reference belt or anything, and and rope was never anything that I had that much experience with. It was it was kind of like almost book knowledge. Mm. Um, and so I put together like what I thought was like my best tie ever. And it looked <laughs> good for like two seconds until she like struggled for like, and she just kind of like, she's like, do you want me to actually try to get out of this or just like make it look like it's going to hold me? <laughs> um, so thankfully I've gotten a little bit better, you know, for, for those things. But if I'm honest, like I look at some of the stuff I did even 10 years ago or, or right from the beginning. And I, I look at, I, I'm impressed with some of the, I do notice that I go through like phases of like, for like, there'll be like a year or so where like, there's a ton of corsets and like another like year or so where there's like a ton of, um, uh, like that and there'll be like another year where there's like it just seems to go like in in different phases um but um 
I actually do go back and look at my stuff for creativity, like for inspiration, as crazy as that sounds, because I'll look at it and go, I remember that scene. That was awesome. I haven't done that in forever. Like, I want to do it again. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I hear you, because um, the first episode I ever did, I cringe at. But I, I took some notes, and I, I really went with, uh, you know, just, I went with the notes, and I went for it. And now I, I look back, and I'm like, okay, I'm proud of some, you know, most of the episodes I've done. Um, so that, that's really cool to hear from another creator that, you know, you got a little help from your friends in the first shot. <laughs> And yep. then you found your stride and you just went for it. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, for a lot of things, not everything, but for a lot of things, I'm kind of like a head first. And I, I like the struggle of trying to figure something out, like, while in the frying pan. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, there's, there's, you know, trying something new. And, and I mean, Sure, I'd I'd love to go back and just out on on everything that I think that's been successful, and I think you know I'd like to think that there's a fair amount. But with that, like I can look back equally through all kinds of scenes and just see where I've failed miserably, and those are kind of the scenes that like I'll post it and I'm like, this is like to me personally, this this isn't my best, mm. and but I'm like, but someone might like it. So who am I to judge? And I invariably I'll get an email or something like a week or so later. Oh my God, that scene was amazing. Like I really liked, and it would be some little aspect I didn't even consider. Um, <laughs> and I'll be like, Oh, cool. Like <laughs> didn't even think of that, but I, I kind of take those notes to heart and I try to remember them because I'm like, all right, I didn't even know that people were looking for this. You know, like a little detail, like somebody will, will, um, you know, because a lot of people I work with are lifestyle and, and they'll be collared. And so they'll, you know, they'll be like, hey, can I wear the collar during our shoot? And be like, yeah, sure, of course. Um, and, but people will see that and they're like, oh my God, I love that collar. I'm like, what wasn't even, but it was, that was the <laughs> thing they loved the most. So. You know, that, that's the funniest thing. Like, um, as creators, we, we put stuff out there and we're trying to aim for one thing and everyone's a critic and sometimes they're, they're good critics and it'll surprise us. I, I love that. Uh, all right. So, um, we talked a little bit about how your studio came to be. Now I had one question, uh, that came in quite a few times and I, th this is going to sound funny. But in some of your videos, you literally screw people into the floor. <laughs> and a lot of people, I guess, I don't know, they're, they're worried about your, uh, about your studio, but they're worried <laughs> about how many times you're screwing people into the floor and it's going to ruin your floor. Um, so, well, uh, so one, I own the place. So, <laughs> it, you know, there's no landlord that's going to come back and, 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 uh, try to sue me or anything um <laughs> the surprising thing is is you know i've been doing like screwing people down to pretty much there's one area of the studio one room that i use like for 90 percent of that um i have hardwood floors down in like the living room area which i don't do that to um the master bedroom where like the big bed is i i used to have that bed out of there and i did some there but there's a smaller bedroom that i do like like i said like 90 95 percent of all of it and if you pull up that carpet there is probably a plethora of holes everywhere <laughs> um but at, at the end of the day like first of all like if you look at the carpet you can't tell that there was ever one hole ever put into it right that, that carpet that's in there is resilient as all hell <laughs> but um <laughs> i mean the way i look at it is if if there was ever a problem or anything like that, um, it's just plywood. I can just pull up a couple of sheets of plywood, put it down, and and it's you know it's all done. Um, but no, it's it's uh, it's sturdy. It works well. Um, uh, but I am actually working on something that will uh, hopefully 
you know, alleviate some people's concerns about the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like a platform that uh, I'm going to be putting in the basement that is going to be like have a plywood base and be about, you know, a few inches off the what's down there now is tile. Like, so to allow me to do the same thing, but it's going to be a purpose built platform for it. <laughs> gotcha. I just I thought that was funny. The the question came up like more than five times, and that just cracked me up. Of all the things to be asking, <laughs> we got so many people being like, "But the floor." <laughs> but that's, that's I, cool. I've I've gotten those same messages too. They're like, <laughs> I've had people like, "What does your landlord say?" I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm the landlord, so not much. So on that same vein, though, what uh, what kind of possessed you to do that in the first place? Because a lot of people see that and it's it's hot. It's really immobilizing. It's beautiful to see. But uh, no one's really thought of it because, again, they don't want to be messing with their floor. <laughs> but what, what gave you the idea in the first place? Um. Well, I mean, having having my own space that I don't have to answer to anybody, you know, I got holes all over that place and walls and ceilings and and like the the ones like there's just like regular like what would be nice ceilings, but if you but if I pan the camera up, you'll see like eye bolts and everything all over there. Um, so or, so while they're concerned about the floors, they they really really shocked at the ceilings. Um, but um, no, I, so. One of the reasons why I got into it, and when I say this as I'm as I'm kind of throwing stones, um, I don't always get it right either. Um, but one of the things that always frustrated me was looking at scenes um, that that someone obviously could just like twist this way or move this way, and they would be out of the bondage. Like if mm -hmm. it's if if you're putting somebody in bondage, like it should be in bondage. It, it shouldn't be like um, it shouldn't be like a token effort where you know right. or ceremonial. Like if that's what you're seen as, that's fine. But it, like if someone's tied up or someone's in a position or anything, and and that's why I kind of led to bolting people to the floor because it it like there's no question. There's no like oh well, all she's got to do is just wiggle her wrist or whatever when you see like a dozen or so straps on somebody and they're they're screwed into the floor there's 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 no illusion that without help they're they're not getting out of it um the thing that really surprises me the most is you know everybody has their limits um like nobody like nobody seems to have a problem with that i would think that being that immobilized someone over that time would have been like oh yeah hell no like mummification <laughs> all the time people are like nope can't do it no, don't even want to try i know i'm gonna but like but hey I'll, I'll bolt you to the floor don't don't mind this big screw gun next to your head you know <laughs> and they're just like all right yeah whatever and just like tilt their head to the side to you know it's that that is kind of funny to me uh, that's hilarious, but you know what? It it does kind of make sense when you have a full encasement. It can feel claustrophobic, but I just blame Gulliver's Travels, and everyone's like, "Oh, maybe one day I'll have I'll be bolted to the floor by a bunch of tiny people." Yeah, it'll be fun. I've actually done it. I'm trying to think of. I think it was uh, Merlu Merula trying to think i did kind of like a gulliver's travel where i took like one like is like a hundred or 150 foot length of chain and i literally just went choo, 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 like crisscrossed all the limbs and everything like that yeah i I've, I've done that i did it once with chain and i did it once with rope the one with rope it worked okay the one with chain came out really good that's that's awesome i'll have to try to go find that oh all right, so moving on from uh, from everyone's concern with the floor, um, uh, we have seen a lot of fun things on your site from self-bondage, escape challenges, chastity, um, et cetera, et cetera. I know that you've said in the past that you know you kind of go through 
the flavor of the month. You know, sometimes it's corset, sometimes it's rope, sometimes. But, you know, what's like your top three that you always would love to shoot? Um, as far as restraints or or just anything in general? Um, yeah. Anything in general, restraints, uh, the type of uh, of content, whether it be like um, self-bondage or yeah. predicament. Um, predicament is would definitely be number one. Um, if there's, if, if you looked on the site under the tag of predicament, you'll probably see the most amount of scenes there. Um, for, for, for me personally, that's just, that's just my favorite, you know, type of scene to, to put together. And if anything, I probably hold back on a lot of it just because, because I don't want to spam it like too much, but, um, <laughs> I got it. um, but yeah, like that, uh, self bondage is certainly up there. Um, probably number two after predicament. Um, I um, self bondage is a is a you know that that is very much a collaborative effort, and and there's a like I'd say it's probably like seventy five percent of collaboration and just twenty five percent chance because orchestrating scenes that are just difficult enough that they can actually do the task or like get close to escape or anything. Um, like I like, if, if I do my job right, like I'll get right on that razor's edge where like maybe they'll do it, maybe they won't. Like I like to be, I like there to be an actual real chance. Um, and, uh, but you know, but overall like it's, it's hard with self bondage to to always get it just perfect. There's always a certain amount of chance, but I but I love trying. It's like I love those type of scenes, um, and uh, and there's certain models that just really hit it out of the park. Um, that kind of you know convey the the oh shit I fucked up and <laughs> now I'm stuck. Um, and uh, probably number three is. Uh, I mean, overall, maybe, maybe chastity, but I'd I'd say more recently, like that whole um, like the 3D printed like pipe restraint system, like that's been a lot of fun to kind of come up with different rigs and different you know orientations of how to of how to put people in those things. Um, that's that's been a lot of fun, and it kind of falls into that. It's super secure it's like it's um and it and it can even fall into category one of a predicament depending on how it's done like um one of my favorite scenes that i've done recently is with uh uh gomita and um she she's rigged up in the pipe system with a collar around her neck and stuff like that in front of her is a tens unit that if she makes a sound it shocks her <laughs> But she's got a Hitachi between her legs and she's extreme, like she's one of those people that's very sensitive to it. So you see her trying her best, squinting her eyes, everything. Like, all, like even if there's no sound, you can read exactly how she feels <laughs> just by her expressions. And that, that predicament with the pipe, like everything, it's just, it was, it's great. Um, so yeah, I'd say the, those are my probably predicament self bondage and a mix between like chast like I hate to say just chastity because while I like it it's not really a scene whereas like the the pipe system and stuff can come into scenes and and uh, really you can same with self well all three of them it lets you kind of like really go nuts with creativity and that's probably what I like the most is anything I can be creative with. Lovely. And you actually uh, stepped right on my next question. So with the 3D printing, uh, you were kind of the first one that I saw really start to use 3D printing in uh, a lot of these, you know, a lot of different content. So the pipe system that uh, John Thomas had referenced is pipes, 3D printed cuffs, 3D printed uh, collar, and it it looks 
really cool and really just sci-fi next level for all of you sci-fi kingsters. I know I'm one. Uh, so 3D prints, you know, I the industry changes with the technology, but what, what made you all of a sudden go, okay, this, I'm going to kinkify it? <laughs> um, well, my default is how, how do I kinkify anything? <laughs> Fair I, I mean, like uh, Raspberry Pis, you know, computers, uh, like anything I touch, you know, it, uh, I'll, you know, I can, I can, you can, you have to tear me out of a Home Depot. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, it's, uh, 3D printing was, it's just one of those, like, I, you know, I love to, you know, do like maker type things, you know, whether it be building out of wood, building out of, you know, out of electronics um, or, you know, and 3D printing was just kind of, you know, around 2016, it, it started becoming like really solid, really affordable. And I found like this little cheap unit online. Uh, I think it was like Monoprice or something. It's a really small bed, but it was like 200 bucks. And I was like, you know, if 200 bucks, if, if I don't like it or if I don't get into it, um, so be it. It's it's not that big of an investment for to see if I like something. Right. And, and so I liked it and I but because the bed was small, I was limited to what I could make. And it was like another two years before I decided to take the leap to buy like a, a really like decent printer and it was around that time that I decided to put in the effort to learn CAD. Um, and because, I mean, it was, it was all fun and the download stuff off of Thingiverse and, and do that. But like, it wasn't until I really like learned how to CAD and, you know, or use CAD to, to make my own designs um, that I really started coming up with a bunch of different toys. And I probably, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that uh, that I haven't even I haven't even put on the site yet. <laughs> that are, they're sitting at the studio uh, waiting for sometime soon to to do a shoot with. Um, but yeah, it's it's a blast it, to to come up with things and um, and like whatever you think of, you just put it into a program, hit print, and a few hours later, you get something physical in your hands. <laughs> I mean that that is awesome. I I have been wanting to tinker with a 3D printer, but with everything else going on, I'm like I can't have another obsession. <laughs> I can't have another one. So I'm gonna live vicariously through you, my friend. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> all right. Now this this question keeps coming up, and I am going to not have you answer it. I'm going to tell all of my listeners to stop asking this question because it's <laughs> not fair. The question is, out of all the models you've ever worked with, who's your favorite? <laughs> not a fair question. Stop asking. Yeah. I, uh, the one thing I will say on that is, I mean, there are, you know, this is at the end of the day, a, uh, you know, it is a business um, and there are certain people that, you know, which is, again, perfectly fine. They're there because it's their job mm -hmm. to be there. And they're, they might not even really be that into bondage or anything like that. Um, and then there's other people who are just like out of their mind into and they're like like they walk into the studio and they're, it's like a kid in the candy you know, shop that it's like, and I'm just like, anything you want to try first? And like, I want that. I want that. I want that. And, you know, sure. Is it, it's, it's always really cool to work with those type of people. Um, so um, yeah, there's, there's, um, there's certainly nobody I would, I'd list as a favorite. There's, it, it would, in all honesty, it would be, it would be really hard to do so um, um, because I've had the pleasure of working with so many cool people, um, which which I'm thankful for. I hear I hear a lot of horror stories from different people, um, and um, you know everybody has them. But I, I'm I'm thankful that you know mine are very few and very far between. 
Well, I think that's probably the best way to answer that question. <laughs> so, um, all right, Twitter, you win again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I love the fact that there are so many different um, you know styles of play, so many different models, uh, and the fact that again, when you when you do film someone who's genuinely into this, it shows. I. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be hard pressed to be like, oh yeah, this one's not, this one is. But whenever I do watch anyone do something, it's you know, are their eyes into it? Because you can you can fake the body and you can be like, oh, I'm having a great time. But if the the eyes look bored, then you know, it, mm -hmm. it just doesn't communicate all the way through. So yeah, I mean, it it happens, um, and. You know, it's 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 hard sometimes getting like, you know, because you have people that are super into it, but maybe not super expressive. And then there's mm. people who are who are maybe not into bondage, but they are professionals. Like they are professional models. So while they, you know, it, so it's it, it's it's a mix of all. And um, honestly, I. I feel it's any producer's job to bring out the best in anybody. So hmm. if so, I mean, unless someone's like completely awful in all, in all regards, in which case <laughs> like that, that's probably only happened a few times in 12 years. Um, uh, but like in most cases, it's just it's just my job to to get the best out of them, and and you know, I usually try to talk to people before the shoot, get to know them a little bit, and get an idea of where they are, and and I'll usually start a like a shoot with you know a dozen different ideas. We're only going to do a few of those, but like I'll purposely try to tailor whatever I think is going to work best with them, and um, and try to make it you know try to get the best out of it that way um because it like i've seen it a few times where i've been i learned early on that if I, if someone like they're like oh well i don't know about this or whatever like even just going well you want to try and they'll be like sure it almost always never ends well you know um, <laughs> oh, okay well not 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 like in that like in the bad way i mean like to get the scene that i'm like that I have in my head, like I have what I expected out of it. And if I try to try to, you know, fit the round peg, you know, into the, into the, you know, to the it wrong hole. hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just, it just doesn't, it doesn't, I don't, I don't get the scene that I had in my head. Um, whereas if I do like make sure I make that it, the, the scene is compatible to the person um, in most cases it will, I'll end up with something that I'm I'm happy and proud with. All right, that's fantastic. There, there's one question that I have personally because there are days where just things never go right, and you doing all of these things with a lot of tech, a lot of 3D printed things, a lot of uh, hoists or rope ties, or even you know the Hitachi. I mean, I've heard a couple horror stories where they got the person rigged up and they're hanging there and then the power went out <laughs> and so they couldn't even film so what kind of uh on the set horror stories funny stories things that just didn't go right if you'd like to share uh sure um i there's there's certainly been a number of uh of cases where things have gone wrong. Um, uh, like I've, I've had, you know, like I've had some stuff where, you know, uh, you know, like little things where, you know, someone will be like, I'll get somebody all rigged up or, or whatever. And like, and like, I've done a number of scenes where rubber bands and, and the rubber band just had been sitting there for two years and like, was all, I didn't see that it was, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, they're all rigged up, cameras rolling, everything's good. All right, go. And they're just like, they're like, oh, with one pull. And then 
the rubber band Wang. snaps. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, I had, I had one with, um, I'm trying to remember who it was, but like, I was trying to, I was trying to rig, um, like for a forced orgasm scene, I was trying to ring like this, like, it was like a leather harness that like holds a, um, a magic wand in place. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I think I was trying to use chain to try to like, instead of rope, instead of try to secure it in place, but like chain isn't really conducive to like cinching things. So right. like, so as soon as like I got it on there and like the eye bolt was like too big one time, too small the next time. And so like, I'm fighting with it, fighting with it. I finally get in place and like one of the rivets on the, that's holding like the, the, um, the D link on the, uh, on the, leather like the leather through age or whatever just like literally just tore off (laughs) and so like after all that like it tore off and i'm just (laughs) i'm sitting there and i'm you know of course you know everybody's getting paid and everything and i'm looking down i'm like i've literally just spent 45 minutes fighting with a stupid harness like i should have just given up on the scene but like (laughs) what's but what sucks is like when you get into the middle of a scene like that i've i've done it i'm in the middle of the scene like I can't just change the rope because half half the scene is already like with it a certain way. I mean, and if you're trying to like maintain continuity in the video, it's like, um, so I've had that happen. Um, uh, actually I, I, let me take a look here. I actually have uh, a list that I keep of all the bloopers of all the videos (laughs) because, because I plan on one day kind of making like a blooper type, video oh Um, please do please do and um i I literally probably have enough to make like a good like hour-long video at this point (laughs) it's um it's anything it's like so like this one's kind of a funny one this one was with uh serene isley um years ago when she was still modeling and um you know like there's always a signaling system to make sure that like people you know like make sure like something might be pinching hurting whatever or you know who knows there's too much spit in their mouth and they they it's they can't breathe you know so like anybody who works with me they'll know like they'll <laughs> like you make any eyes or motion or anything towards me like i'm instantly like right there to like and so like serene like she's got this monstrous like two and a half inch ball gag in her mouth because she she could she was one of the few can really take those huge gags. Right, she's got yeah. the gag in her mouth and everything like that. And she's like tied up super tight and everything. And then she starts looking at me like with that, like, Hey, like, I need your help here. And right. so like, I, like, I rush over, I get down on my knees. I like, I get the gag out. I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she's like, she's like, nothing's wrong. She's like, she's like, but you can probably make the gag tighter. <laughs> That was it. <laughs> she, she she just wanted a little, which was like like nobody does. Like right. nobody nobody wants the gag tighter. So she's just like, yeah, she's like, it was a little loose. Like you could make it a bit tighter. And admittedly, because the gag was so big, like I was probably like not um, but like I'm looking through the list here. There's um there's tons of them where nipple clamps have just fallen off. Like <laughs> um just three nipples yep yep all it takes is like (laughs) like it can you know depending like if it's summer like i can't really run the ac while i'm shooting so it can get pretty warm in there so you get a little bit sweat or just drool like drool starts getting on nipples and stuff and before you know it like it's it's right there and it's like not like a sexy like pull off or anything it's just like (laughs) oh for uh, fuck's sake yep (laughs) <laughs> so that happens a lot. That's um, um, yeah. Uh, I've I've had um, I've had other ones. Not quite a power outage, but like I have a couple notes here where um, back before I re-rigged, I rewired my lights to be above completely. Um, I used to have like lights on stands, and so I'd trip over the power cords all the time. <laughs> so I got a bunch of like tripped over power cord, tripped over power cord, tripped over um but uh yeah I, I, I literally i'm looking through and i got well over 100 different bloopers that i've that recorded <laughs> and there's probably 100 more that i i forgot to write down 
Oh, that's wonderful. If you do ever make the, the blooper reel, please let me know. I'd, I'd love to see that. <laughs> I love porn bloopers for some reason. They, they just make my heart happy. I, 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 I too like behind the scenes stuff because everything's so polished that gets published. Yeah. Um, so, so it's nice to just to kind of put some humanity in it. It's like, this is just people and they're having fun and it's, it's um, you know, we're just here for a good time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of, of lights, I remember a story, a couple of friends of mine uh, do, you know, little content and whatnot back in Los Angeles and they were telling me once that they really wanted to do a violet wand uh video someone had wanted the custom and everything and whatever they you know plugged it into an outlet the lights would flicker when they turned on the the wand so they ended up having to go to home depot and get um one of those backup batteries mm -hmm. just to run the violet wand i'm like so you you were paid like 200 for the custom and how much did that battery cost? And they're like, shut up, shut up, Reverend. <laughs> like, okay, sorry. The, the, the cost of tools never count in the cost of, uh, <laughs> of, of the <laughs> tools are always an investment. That's the rule. <laughs> yep, exactly. All right. So uh, pretty much, Unless there's anything else that you want to talk about, I just want to know what's coming up next for you. Do you have any uh, any plans? Are you still, you know, just tinkering away with the 3D prints? Like, what's on your agenda? Um. So I I'm I got a couple devices um, that I'll be featuring on the site probably sometime in the next few months. Um, I have one in my basement now that. Um, it's uh i'll try to describe it and in, in words it's essentially a twin bed or not twin bed but like a full-size bed frame but the it's it's surrounded by um uh two by sixes so that or sorry two by fours so that the mattress can sit within it um all around the edge where that the two by four framing is, is um, I have sunken. Um, uh, they're they're called T nuts, and they basically fit underneath them. Like they use them in rock climbing and stuff like that a lot. Um, but the nice thing about it is I can take eye bolts or whatever, and I can thread them in. So I can kind of like depending on the scene, I can kind of thread in eye bolts wherever I want. So if I want to do kind of like that Gulliver's Travel type thing and like <laughs> zigzag it across or anything, I can. Um, the other thing that this is going to be do is with those holes is I'm going to make a top half to it as well. That's it's going so it, what it, it's going to be kind of like the reverse, but the but the other end is going to have bars on it. So when it's all said and done, like someone could be strapped down to the to the um, to the mattress to the bed, and then this other part can be set up over, and they'll fit into those holes. So there'll be kind of like um, bolts that will just kind of go in there. And what this will do is it will lock onto the top, so it basically becomes like a cage around. So they so like they could be strapped down in there, and then there's like this cage on top of them. So like. Again, in that in that extreme bonded scenario where, you know, like even if you break through of these straps that you would never get out of anyway, you're still stuck in this in this cage <laughs> that's like like that's right above you. Um, but then on top of that, if but you wait, there's more. But wait, Jeez. there's more. Um, on the on the on the bed on the on the plywood bed underneath is if you take the mattress off there's um i basically and i someone i worked with just recently i i took a piece of plastic and basically kind of made a crime scene out of her i had her lay down and i just put like magic marker you know like a sharpie around her body outline okay. and, dif and different positions that i use that template to basically make routed grooves in the plywood that's huh. going to be the base of this bed so what that can do is if so like they would be laying on the, the plywood itself instead of the um, mattress, but belts can be fed 
through these routed, so they would, could be looped around wrists, you know, arms, elbows, legs, thighs, everything like that. So they can, like it, it can be strapped down in a different way. Um, so that's that's one of the things I'm working on right now. Um, I'm hoping to have it done in the next couple of weeks. Um, and uh, I mean, from from a from a user point of view, it's probably not that exciting, but it's exciting to me. I, I made a, a new version of the pipe system that, okay. that that works a little bit better. It's, so it's it's a new color now. Um, that's that's <laughs> only that's only the only thing people will probably notice about it. But it's um, the other one kind of had some quirks that made it a bit of a pain in the ass to to use and and. Uh, and uh, it like it worked, but like the nuts and stuff, like if you unscrewed them too fast, it would fall out and gotcha. they go sc scrambling across the floor. These ones have everything like melted in place so that they're like they'll they'll stay in there permanently and be a lot easier to use. Um, but yeah, so like if you see the pipe system and it's a new color, that's that's what it is. But uh, <laughs> uh, but other than that, um, just a just a bunch more of hopefully creative and entertaining scenes for people um i got a whole list of them in mind so uh yeah i i love talking to kinky macgyvers like jesus <laughs> there's a lot of us that kind of stand around and go wouldn't it be cool if and then you know there there's people like john thomas that goes yeah that would be cool let me work on it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Like, hey, that's a good idea. Oh, I was, I was just joking. Oh, no, no, that's a good idea. I'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, fantastic. I'm going to lead with one more question before I let you go. And I know it's a tough one, but we talked about what went, you know, what could go wrong and what has gone wrong in your list of bloopers. But what are some uh, proud moments that you've had where you've you got something to work just perfect, or maybe you got a compliment or maybe, you know, something that made you go besides the kink part, this is why I'm doing this. Um, well, the, the easy answer there, and I know it's, it's going to sound kind of corny or whatever, but it's the absolute truth is if I, if we get to the end of a scene and like, as I'm undoing everything, I'll always ask like, so how was that? What did, you know, what did you think or anything? And if they, if they have that look of just like, that was, that was awesome. That was just like, like that, that is, you know, everybody likes appreciation of their art and, and that's like real time feedback of like, if I like the scene and then like, you kind of like, I hope they liked it. I hope they liked it. Like, <laughs> Like, I know it's, like I said, it, it sounds like especially someone, you know, like tying up and doing evil things to, to people. But but that's the thing, though, is like everybody's like, I've, like, I just worked with somebody like a, a couple weeks ago and did evil things to them and everything. And, and they're all like smiles. They're like, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> but and those are the those are the type of things that like there because there are times when I get up to to go to do a shoot and everything and i'm just like i really don't want to do this today and i know this sounds it sounds like like how could you ever think that or whatever but you know it's it's a lot of work and i'm usually yeah. exhausted at the end of it and it's there's there's a lot of pressure because if you don't get it right then you know you're you're in charge of a lot you're in charge of someone's safety you're in charge of you know making sure the content is good you're in charge of you know, coming up with good scenes, um, running all the videos, the lights, making sure audio's good. Like, and at the end of it, after hours of doing that, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it makes it all worth it when someone goes, that was really cool. I had a lot of fun. So um, that, and of course, like, you know, feedback from fans and everything else is, is, is always great as well. You know, it's like, it kind of, it, it, it reminds you that you're you're you know it's you know you're 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 doing it for the art of it um instead right. of you know and and that's what really makes it worth it well that is fantastic and you know what the the simple fact that it's not the you know accolade your first your first thing was did they have fun did i have that fun connection with someone just warms my heart because as a kingster I look for that as well. And I don't have the pressure of making sure I got angles and lighting and everything else. 
So I, I love that answer. And the more I talk to you, the more of a fan I become. Thank you so much, Thomas. And before we go ahead and uh, get back to uh, our outro, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you? Uh, bondagejunkies.com. Um, I have a clips for sale as well that's linked on the site. Um, and my Twitter is just twitter.com slash bondagejunkies. Um, that's it. I, you can find me on FetLife too uh, under Bondage Junkie as well. I make it easy. Everything's just under Bondage Junkies. <laughs> <laughs> no special letters, numbers, or anything after it. So, uh, yeah. You know what? In this uh, social media age, that is uh, that is surprising that you you got everything Bondage Junkies. No dash one, no exclamation yeah. point, underscore. So that's wonderful. And John, thank you so much for being on the show again. I know that we tried this a year ago, but uh, uh, I think we got a lot better uh, content and sound this time anyway. So thank you again. And I'm going to continue to be a fan of yours. And uh, again, thank you for being here. And we're going to go to our outro. Thank you very much. All right, Kingsters, that's our show for this week. Again, huge thank you to uh, John Thomas from bondagejunkies.com. Thank you to all of you that have been reaching out to me this week, making sure that I'm okay. Uh, I am just fine. V is taking care of me. I uh, I couldn't wish for any better post-surgery uh, care. So thank you all so much for checking in on that, though. It really does warm my heart. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And again, thank you to Fetish Artists and Sanctuary LAX for being our sponsors. Thank you to Spotify. And other than that, Kingsters, I'm the Reverend, and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs>